Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I am Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from saucy sorceresses to solemn spells. And today, we're talking about succubi. Oh, and incubi, but... Suck you by. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. Welcome to uh, Chapter 17 of The Blood War. What? <laughs> it's just another another fiendish episode. Oh, cool. No, yeah. Uh, it's good to touch on The Blood War every now and again because we still get people asking about it. I mean, it's really it's, cool. It's a juicy bit of, oh, bit of lore. There's Blood sure. War stuff coming out. There is. I'm actually very excited about it. Yes. Descent uh, into Avernus. Are we going to revisit? Uh, yeah, we'll definitely revisit. Nice. I'm going to look I'm going to look at what's in the book, but uh I'm hoping that that book is a really good touchstone for us to actually like go through an Alice Xterus into each layer of hell. That would be, be dope. dope. So let what what kind of a uh, fiendish thing are we talking about today? Today we're talking about succubi and incubi. A super sexy topic. Uh, so it would seem. So succubi <laughs> and incubi are low-level fiends from the various lower planes of the D&D cosmos. They are directly based off the creatures of the same name from Western medieval mythology slash folklore. Um, they're most infamous for their seductive tempting and corrupting of mortals, leading to said mortals uh, fall to evil and then death. So this is one of those monsters that's really in line with its like regular lore compared to its mm, D&D lore? Or? For the most part, yeah. Although the succubi and the concept of the succubi in real life mythology has evolved drastically over the last few centuries. I guess that's true, huh? In like pop yeah. culture, you mean? Yes, very much so. So in real life, 
Uh, succubi and incubi are from Judeo-Christian folklore originating during uh, medieval times. Okay, cool. They are said to be demons or supernatural entities that take the forms of beautiful humans in order to seduce them into sexual activity, in order to turn humans to sin, and to reproduce demon spawn. So would a succubi be a good candidate for like a Templar to go up against? Like a, a, oh, yeah. a succubi come and tempt this n- holy knight? Oh, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's your classic story, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is that it? I, don't, I think so, yeah. I, I probably, think so. It's probably it. So, so it's mostly, like, with the Judeo-Christian thing. Yeah, times. I mean, I think, especially if we're talking about, like, uh, a, a holy person, like, a holy warrior, holy priest, whether you're talking about in real-life mythology or in, like, a D&D sense, mm-hmm. like, how can someone be um, touted as being truly um, virtuous if they are not... If they can't, if they don't go through the temptation of falling, you know what I mean? That's true. Like, yeah, it's That's like if a tree doesn't fall in, if the tree falls in the wood, no one's there to hear it. It's kind of like the same thing. I think. I don't know. Moving if, on. Uh, if a Templar gets seduced successfully, <laughs> nobody cares. If, if nobody, if nobody hears it, nobody cares. Yeah. If, Wait, uh, if what are we saying? If a Templar doesn't <laughs> prove their virtue, how do we know they're virtu- virtuous? Is oh what yeah, I'm trying totally. To say. That Moving on. Makes absolute modern, sense. Modern <laughs> depictions of succubi uh, depict them as highly attractive seductresses, whereas more ancient depictions of succubi are creatures with a more frightening and monstrous vi- visage. Um, so yeah, in ancient writings, even uh, succubi disguised as beautiful women had monstrous qualities that they had to hide, like bird-like claws, serpentine tails, ooh, and a couple really big teeth, like really, really big. Really, really big. I was gonna say, and a couple other very much less palatable traits that I will not mention on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I've learned some things. I can't unlearn them. Moving on. <laughs> was Big Teeth one of them? Did I ruin no, it? No, I wish. I wish that was one of them. I mean, like hippo size. You know what I mean? Yeah, like those I know. Big flat chompers. <laughs> I get what you mean. Okay. So moving on. Good. The D and D depiction of succubi and incubi is much more in uh, line with the modern depictions that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, though all succubi and incubi are capable of transforming themselves into the various uh, various humanoid forms, as they often do, um, they also have a true form. And their untransformed, true uh, succubi form appears as a stunningly beautiful statuesque humanoid with perfect build, uh, perfect figure, and flawless skin. They will either have raven hair, raven black hair, or true red hair. Their eyes glow with smoldering red. The ends of their fingers are clawed, and they have a large pair of black and red bat-like wings mounted on their backs. Ooh. Um, they usually have a small pair of horns, like little devil horns, on their head. Just little itty bitty ones. Little itty bitty ones, yeah. Okay. Although they can be bigger, um, and some some do have bigger ones. Um, and uh, but, but little itty bitty ones. A classic, or not? Uh, yeah, a classic <laughs> red devil uh, tail. You okay, know, cool. You know, the like one. The, yeah. the, you know the one. You know the one that you saw that old lady wearing like a black t-shirt <laughs> yeah. with that print on it? Exactly. That one. <laughs> so true. It's like solid red. Exactly. The eyes are black. And, and that's that's very accurate. It's got a, so it's a it's a thin like whip-like tail it's with a, a, thin with a spade on the end with of a little it. spade at the end. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. exactly right. So 5e D&D does not actually distinguish between succubi and incubi. It stated that these fiends can be either male or female as they choose. Previous editions, there were uh, male and female incubi and succubi, and they were like separate, although they didn't breed together because we're going to get into like succubi and breeding later on. Okay. Um, that being said, for the rest of this episode, I'm just going to say succubi because saying succubi and incubi a hundred times is going to get really old. It is. You, just, you could just like flu- be fluid about it and just alternate which one you I use. Maybe, yeah. You know what? I'll try and do that. <laughs> like um, the Wyverns. I'll probably forget, but I, I'm sure I'll remember at least a few times. So, okay, sweet. <laughs> originally, succubi were presented as being demons, uh, members of the Tanari species. They existed to tempt and slay mortals and ultimately bring their life energy back to the abyss. 
this version of the demonic succubi is the true lore from first edition all the way through 3.5. Oh, cool. That's pretty rare. Um, to, what do you mean? Well, like that's a, that seems like a long time to have like a standard lore through mm. throughout. Like three. Well, I mean, I, mean, I agree. Some things do I agree last to some point, long. but this is actually pretty common because 4E, big That's surprise. Right. They're the ones that change everything. Yeah, changed things up and made Succubi strictly devilish in nature. Interesting. So they, they just flipped it. No, they're the other thing now. <laughs> um, these Succubi were sent to the mortal plane to seduce and tempt mortals towards villainy and evil so that their souls could be claimed by Asmodeus and the Nine Hells. Dope. 5E. Has, as it has a tendency to do, um, has kind of found a middle ground, a kind of like have your cake and eat it too situation where it's like, now Succubi are considered just general fiends who inhabit any and all of the lower planes and can be found in service to devils, demons, eugoliths, night hags, and evil gods. It doesn't matter. They're like angels where like on, on the they're upper plane. There's some extra ones sprinkled e- into everything. Right. Well, the angels in the upper planes, they can serve any any of the good entities of the universe, and they they're spread across the upper planes. For sure, it's the same with succubi, just in reverse. And there's probably like a um, demonic version of one, like working for a demon lord. So the Forgotten Realms wiki, and I guess Forgotten Realms in general, the way they ended up tackling this, because the thing about Forgotten Realms is it's this through continuity that has to stay in line with Dungeons and Dragons, which is fucking impossible. <laughs> so uh, what they did was. Uh, Rather than do the thing they normally do, which is like, it's different now and we don't talk about it and kind of hand wave it, mm-hmm. they actually is like, okay, well now there's just literally three types of succubi. You have devilish succubi, demonic succubi, and fiendish succubi, and they're all a little different. And I actually like that. I think okay, it's kind of sure. cool. So we're going to get into it. So like I said, now there's this divide in nature uh, and personalities of three types of succubi and incubi, demonic, devilish, and fiendish. Uh, they, are all cano- they all canonically have their own power sets and their own psyche, although... Only the fiendish one is represented in the 5e monster manual. Okay, so, so you would just have to do your own little Probably swap tweak. out some powers, do a little bit of homebrew, because that's they do have different powers. Um, although, I think the fiendish one in, that's presented in the 5e monster manual, which we'll be looking at later, I think it, it, it covers enough ground where you can just fucking use it. Oh, okay. If you ask me. Excuse me. So, moving on. This one's a demon. Like it Let's start with demonic okay, succubi. <laughs> so demonic succubi are chaotic evil fiends who live to tempt and seduce mortals with the end goal of bringing their life force back to the abyss to increase the abyss's power. Though considered to be uh, lesser Tanari, I don't know if you remember from the demons episode, but much like devils, there is a power hierarchy when it comes to the demons. Oh, and yeah, totally. As they... Uh, level up, if you will. They go through different forms. Yeah, until they, they like uh, they like metamorph, like they cocoon they evolve themselves like and shit. Like, or, really yeah. Oh, like a Pokemon way. with yeah. like an energy, like a light, like I mean, abyssal. It's probably I like mean, abyssal goopy energy. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yes, Ooh, but I just evolution. mean like they literally, as they grow in power, they then evolve to the next form. Cool, whatever the abyss chooses for them. Well, Succubi are considered to be lesser Tanari, so they're pretty low on the totem pole, but. Succubi also exist outside of the standard demonic hierarchy, uh, so they end up choosing who to serve, when to serve, and it's said that they all serve the abyss itself uh, rather than like, you know, specific like specific demon lords. I mean, they do serve specific demon lords, but in the end, the mo of the succubi of the abyss is to promote the abyss. Right. So, yeah. So the demon lords seem actually content to let the succubi kind of do as they will. 
they're not really too concerned about them. They're handing out abyssal incursions like uh, SoundCloud rappers are handing out their <laughs> their links. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so regardless of their independence, most uh, succubi of the abyss do swear allegiance to one demon lord or another. A large population of succubi serve Grotz, the Dark Prince. We talked a little bit about that in the Grotz episode. Uh, but he is uh, not in charge of the largest population of succubi. That honor goes to the demon lord, Malkinthet. She is queen of the succubi. Nice, okay. So Malkinthet was among the first succubi that came into being in the Abyss. She obtained her current status after centuries of war, betrayal, alliances, and power grabs. And she's essentially like a mega succubus. She <laughs> okay. <laughs> she has the same general description as a succubi, uh, but with longer horns, a stinger on her tail, and phenomenal cosmic power that kind of comes with being a demon lord. She's just like really, really big, like all the other she's ones. She's probably are... a little bit bigger. Like they probably all stand about like normal humanoid height, and she probably stands like 12 feet tall. So. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, that's very perfect. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's Malkinthet. Uh She rules the 570th layer of the abyss, known as Shindilavri. 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 Yeah, that's, that's that's the one. Okay. Like, it was originally a layer made of heaving and shuddering flesh, but has since been oh. transformed into a verdant and heavenly paradise by Mal- by Malkinthet herself. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> she's like, it's time for this heaping like, mound of flesh to ew. do some ab workout. <laughs> Let's go, flex. Get up there. Yeah, absolutely. tuck those knees. Keep so, that core tight. So it's this, it's this <laughs> verdant paradise, um, but only for her and her servants. Behind her manicured gardens and gleaming marbled facades are countless torture chambers, ritualistic laboratories, and murderous political scheming. Okay, so there's a bunch of rooms in there for that stuff, but exactly. it's mostly just like a fitness studio. Okay, sure. And they're all doing fucking jazz aerobics. Absolutely. Stay fit and succubus. Yes, sir. And incubus. Um, <laughs> So demonic succubi are slow, subtle, and patient when it comes to their seduction of mortals. They take pleasure in the corruption they cause and the life force they steal. Um, They particularly target those of good hearts and a fiery passion. Uh, for those humanoids end up providing the most amount of energy and life force for the abyss to add to itself. For sure. So that reminds me of Lust from Full Metal Alchemist. Do you remember in Brotherhood Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. she, like, is dating the... Like Colonel's um, subordinate, trying to, like, to get remember, an, get an in. Like right, she, she was right. basically doing that description, like very slowly and easily, like mm-hmm. working her way into the fold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that is pretty similar. That's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, again, demonic psychopathy, they target people of vibrant life force. Uh, so people of passion. Uh, people who are you know, constantly active and doing stuff and getting stuff done. Right. Those are the type of people they're attracted to. Yeah, they're not going to go toward like a sedentary person. Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, the where was I? Oh yeah, so demonic succubi have the widest variety of powers when it comes to uh, their abilities, including the ability to become ethereal, charm both people and monsters, read minds, plane shift, teleport, summon other demons to their aid, <laughs> energy drain with their kiss, and of course, as all succubi can do, polymorph into whatever humanoid form they choose. And that's not all. And that's Sorry. not all. Yeah, no, that is actually that, that, no, that is, is it. That is it. <laughs> that, that is the complete list. And that's not all. If you buy one right now, we'll send you a second one for uh, additional shipping, and that's it. So now we're going to get, well, not now, but we're going to get into Devilish Succubi, but after the short rest. Okay. All right. Rest time. Okay. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about love, and not the kind of love that the succubus is going to give you. This is the Dungeon <laughs> Cast love. Yeah, no, this no, is we're, that, we're not trying to steal your soul and take it to the abyss. This is that cream of the crop podcast love. Thank you guys for listening to the show. If you can hear my voice, really, really appreciate you listening. Um, or maybe we are. Maybe that was the ruse the entire time. That we were trying to get their love so that we could take it back to our Lord and Savior, the he who shall not be named. He, oh, God, <laughs> dude, come on. Okay, I'm kidding, okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You gotta cut it out with that or shit. Or am I? Oh my god, Will. Is episode 150 gonna be wild? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you fucking, you say Possibly. his name. Okay, let's get to our Patreon people. <laughs> um, this is for anybody who upped their pledge or uh, became a pledge member at patreon.com slash dungeoncast. Thank you guys so much. You're helping keep the lights on for the show, helping us do new cool projects. Uh, we'll start with you, World's OKSDM. Okay Thank you for upping. Thanks, World's, World's OKSDM. Okay uh, Daniel Villa Lopez or Villa Lopez. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, let's see, Austin Gallagly. Thanks, Austin. Uh, Zachary H. Beach. Thanks, Zachary. That's cool. Beach. Uh, <laughs> Marius Vogel. Thanks, Marius. Uh, Rachel Chastain. Thanks, Rachel. Let's see here. I'm, sc- I'm just scrolling. I'm doing this live. Uh, <laughs> How do you say that? Seabab fat. fat. Thanks, Seabab Fat. Thank you, Seabab Fat. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ostimo the Slow. Thanks, Ostimo. Cool name. Really cool name. All right, and let's get up into this list. There's another list here. Let's see. How's your weekend, Will? It's pretty good. Cool, man. Relax, <laughs> relaxing. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Wilkinson. Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, and then thank you, Joshua Bennett. Thanks, Joshua. Thank you, Sam F. Thanks, Sam. Sam F. Uh, thank you, Noah H. Chitilat. It's a Noah W. Oh, shit. How did I do that? Noah <laughs> Thanks, Noah. W. Should tell it. 
Thanks, Noah. That's everybody. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for coming on. I hope you're enjoying your bonus content. There's lots of that there. But I think we should probably just get back to the show. Let's get back to the Let's show. Let's get back to the show. We've returned. Indeed. So let's talk about Devilish Succubi. Let's talk about Devilish Succubi. Okay, so Devilish Succubi are lawful evil fiends in the service of the Nine Hells and its various dukes and archdukes. Uh, according to 4E, the first Succubi were originally angels of love that served the gods as heralds and messengers, comforting the despairing, the loveless, and the forsaken of the world. Mm. Their kiss could purify the hearts and cleanse the spirits of all mortal kind. But when Esmodes began his machinations against his creators, he came to the angels of love and showed them a vision of the cosmos where he had vanquished the abyss and all evil. He showed them boundless astral paradises where the angels of love could grant their love and compassion to all they wished rather than who the gods deemed deserved it. Um, he showed them an orderly cosmos under Asmodeus' rule where no conflict or divisions existed, only endless virtue, eternal love, and ultimate freedom. Oh, man. And though many of these angels turned away from Asmodeus, even more joined him. And in the end, when his rebellion failed, these angels of love were transformed and cast out with the Lord of the Nine and became the first of the succubi. Yuck. Who just made a monster happen. Indeed. Great. <laughs> so devilish succubi are cunning, calculating, ambitious, and dominating entities. Though they seduce and corrupt with very similar intentions and results as their demonic counterparts, they tend to have a grander design in mind. Their targets of their seduction are humanoids of power and influence. When they claim a soul recruiting it to the armies of the hells, it's either a soul of someone with power or someone they have used to corrupt as many others as they can in the process. These succubi can spell the doom of entire nations. Oh, man, what? So, again, I like this uh, this difference between the two, and it, it's very reflective of their nature. So, like, you know, when it comes to demon kind, they're never focused on the big picture. It's just... What can I get now? What can I do now? And it's all about like chaos, death, and destruction. Oh, man. But with the devilish uh, succubi, it is, again, this orderly, grander, ambitious design with like the long view in, in mind. Yeah, you're like Game of Thrones in it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Sometimes, Absolutely. Sometimes you got to get in there and yeah. just do the nasty with whoever. <laughs> so devilish so, so hang on a second. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's uh, important to address this right now. It's yes. like, because this, like, this is like a sex monster, right? Uh, Kind of. Kind like, of. Kind of. A lot of times the succubi never have sex with the mortal. Oh, okay. Yeah. They just are alluring. They are alluring. They seduce the mortal and they influence the mortal to compromise upon their morals. Okay. One thing at a time until by the end of it, the mortal has become truly evil. Got in which it. case, okay. they will usually kill them with an energy draining kiss and take their soul. Oh. Um, now... They do sometimes go as far as to have sex with the mortal they're seducing. Usually, it's because they're trying to uh, give birth to a cambion. Oh, shit. Which we can get into later. Okay. Okay. Because I, I wanted yeah. to know, like, how much of that uh, is underlying, like, underneath what you're saying now. So, it's good to, like, quantify. Right. Yeah, that sure. It's not, like... Because it's hard to decide are we, how PG-13 or rated R are we trying to get up in this. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> with, with with the these succubi, it is... It's really less about the seduction. The seduction is just having an alluring form to get past the humanoid's guard and begin to influence them towards evil. Right. That's okay. kind of what it's about. Totally. All right. If you sense. ask me anyways. Yeah. So um, Devil's Shakubai also serve Beator as spies, assassins, advisors, and emissaries to prominent mortal cultists and cult leaders and whatnot. 
these types of uh, succubi have powers geared more towards subjugation. Um, they have a charming kiss. They have uh, access to domination spells. Uh, they have a corrupting touch. Uh, and uh, those are the, m- the most noted of their abilities. So they have the, like, the least range of powers. Okay. Um, 5e presents succubi as neutral evil fiends that exist throughout the lower planes and uh, can align themselves with whatever evil power slash entity that they decide. So these fiends come to mortals in ethereal forms, um, lurking by their prey's bedside. Here they whisper forbidden pleasures and dreams that tempt the mortal into giving into their darkest desires, indulge in taboos, and feed their forbidden appetites. As the succubus does this repeatedly, night after night, the victim becomes slowly more susceptible to these temptations during their everyday waking life. Okay. Once the fiend is satisfied with this level of corruption, they then disguise themselves and insert themselves into their victim's life, whether as a seductress or just as a would-be friend or ally. Uh, Here, the succubus influences the humanoid towards indulging their dark desires on the daily. Um, The corruption of the mortal is considered complete when the victim has finally committed three acts of betrayal, one of thought, one of word, and one of deed. Um, oh, wow, okay. Which is a reflection of the portrayal of Judas and Jesus Christ, if you know anything about Christian theology. Uh, I thought that was a cool little tidbit. Uh, then the succubus claims their prize. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the succubus kiss. Them prizes? Oh, <laughs> no, oh, no, okay. No. <laughs> uh, so succubi- that kiss used to be so good. They used to come down and like give the mortals all the love and shit. And <laughs> yeah. now it's just now like, it's, no. now they're just like bad, Polar opposite. They're bad sexy kisses. So succubi- a succubus kiss is deadly. Um, if uh, anyone wants to see a result of a succubi kiss, uh, if you're on the Patreon, check out our Halloween episode. Uh, oh, I guess spoilers, that did happen. That did happen. I yeah. once played in a game yes. where that shit happened. It was great. It was, <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole uh, series. But moving on. So it's said uh, the, the succubus kiss is said to echo a vast and bottomless emptiness bereft of any form of pleasure, but oh. still magically intoxicating all the same. <laughs> this shit sucks, but I fucking love but it. But I for can't some reason. stop. It's like heroin. It's like a. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say when you know most wisdom saves that you fail, but okay, heroin. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah, needle in the arm. Um, Let's go for devilish succubi. <laughs> this emptiness is a reflection of their unquenchable desire for the paradise Asmodeus promised them, and that the gods denied them. It's a bottomless vacuum where once holy bliss and satisfaction existed. Uh, in fiendish demonic versions, this emptiness is the hunger the succubus feels for the mortal's energy and soul. Mm-hmm. So, again, their, their kiss is a destroying thing. Um, and then really quick, let's talk about succubi procreation. So succubi do not procreate with um, each other. Right. Because you were saying there's males and females, but they're, they live separately pretty much. Or yeah. Or they did. Yeah, b- basically. Um, they can procreate with other demon kind, mostly like demon lords and whatnot. Like, uh, for instance, Malkathet, one of the main um, negotiation pieces she de- she uses is, well, I'm a powerful succubi. Um, if you do these things and align with me and like we use our armies together, I will produce for you a child of power. So oh, like wow. she has, I think she has a child by Demogorgon and she has, hey, a, whoa, whoa. sorry, <laughs> she has, uh, she has other children from other powerful demons as well. And that's how she forms her alliances. So, so I can breed that way, but um, they're probably more famed for uh, being capable of breeding with mortals. Um, I think other demon kinds can, but this is obviously going to be your most likely situation because uh, the mortal will be willing in this case for the most part. Uh, and in this case, 
Um, if a human or any mortal kind mates with a succubi or incubi, um, the spawn that is produced is called a cambion. And we haven't really talked about cambions on this episode too much, but um, they're basically like tieflings, but like rather than being plain touched, they're like half demons, basically. Or oh, half devils. Okay. Like, I think, like a half orc would be? Kind of. Kind of like that, yeah. I would say most cambions that you see in... Um, Monster manual art tend to be devilish, so they're like red skin. They just look like super tieflings. Okay, sure. And that's essentially what a cambion <laughs> is. It's just a super tiefling. Uh, I'm you, but better. I'm you, but better, indeed. So any questions about succubi or incubi? I'm you, but more red. Um, no, my question was, my big question was like how much sex stuff. Um, but it seems <laughs> it seems like weird to make like mm-hmm. have this game just have like stuff like that in it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I it mean, could be that. It's, I think... A, a lot of times you're going to have a succubi seducing a mortal in secret. And then like the party's going to end up being like having having issues with this mortal who's doing bad things. And then find out, oh, no, it's a succubus influencing and fucking with their head this whole time. Right. I can see that. Um, obviously, in the game that we played where the succubus just kind of came out of nowhere, um, it was just it was a simple like charm spell save failed save. Deadly kiss, almost yeah. died. What's you know up? What I mean? I'm hot. What's Blam! up? I'm hot. And like, <laughs> you failed, so you can't resist. And yeah. so she's gonna deadly kiss you. And then she she thanked you guys for your time, and she left. Let me give one of these bad smooches. Oh, that's right. She, she didn't just did. dip. Well, she, she almost took somebody with her. She tried to take Borg. She yeah. was like, Borg, let's go. Oh, he was down. And no, he wasn't. He was not down. Oh, I thought he was. At no, first. wasn't he no. down at first? Oh, spoilers. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Because that's a big spoiler for the ending. Okay. But anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> so obviously, no questions about Succubi. Uh, right so let's on. get into their stat block. Okay. So Fivey uh, presents the Succubi as a challenge rating four monster, which I think is just right. I think that 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 is correct. Um, they have a 15 armor class, 66 HP. Um, their skill is deception, insight, perception, persuasion, and stealth. They resist cold, fire, lightning, and poison, and all weapon damage that is non-magical. Hell yeah. Um, they got dark vision, because why wouldn't they? they? speak abyssal, common, infernal, and they have telepathy. Um, let's get into their features. So is the fir- it, hang on, is it one-way telepathy or two-way? It just says telepathy, so I think it's uh, two-way. You can probably speak and hear. It can, it can hear you. I think so. Yeah. Because um, mind reading is really a, a big thing in Succubi lore. Okay. Um, so the the first feature is called Telepathic Bond. The fiend ignores the range restrictions on its telepathy when communicating with the creature as charmed. The two don't even need to be on the same plane of existence. So if it's got someone charmed, they are connected. Okay. Uh, next feature is Shape Changer, which works basically like a changeling. They can change into whatever the fuck they want. That's humanoid. A lot um, of shapeshifting on the dungeon cast lately. Yeah, just like it's, a ton it started of it. to come up because we, you know what it is. We're talking about slowly more and more powerful things uh, that are also very sentient, and uh, shape changing just kind of comes with that. Shape changing, <laughs> it's the new dark vision, high level dark vision. It's Change what level. you look like. Exactly, it's very true. I'll make you have dark um, vision, like you can't tell what the fuck I am anymore. <laughs> so right, they have go. a they have a claw attack uh, when they're in their fiend form. Um, let's see, plus five to hit, one d six plus three. So it's really pitiful, and that's the thing, like. These fiends, succubi, they're not fighters. Like, they actually will run from a fight for the most part unless they have to. I mean, they can hold their own, but they just rather not because that's just not what they do. Yeah. Like, they seduce, they corrupt, uh, they spy, they assassinate, but they don't actually fight. Like, that's for the other demons. Yeah. They just, they weave their way into the nooks and cranny of your brain using their psychic telepathic magic, and then they fucking exploit your weakest points. Right. 
They just eat all the Oreos. So so next up, they have a charm ability. One humanoid the fiend can see within 30 feet of it must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be magically charmed for one day. The target charmed obeys the fiend's verbal and telepathic commands. If the target suffers any harm or receives a suicidal command, it can repeat the saving throw. Are you sure? Yeah, are you sure? Are you sure you want to If the target successfully (laughs) saves against the effect or if the effect on it ends, the target is immune to the fiend's charm for the next 24 hours. The fiend can have only one target charmed at one time. If it charms another, the effect on the previous target ends. (laughs) It's like, pick up that knife. Uh, Okay, now stab yourself. Uh, sure. No, wait. Hang on. Are you, wait, stab myself? And then it's like, no, I don't think I'm ever going to stab myself. Or you do. Or you do. <laughs> or you and do. that's the thing. If you fail, you do stab yourself. Oh, man, I stabbed myself. Uh, thanks, babe. I didn't know I wanted to stab myself so bad. That's hilarious. So uh, the oh, next feature shit. they get, or the next ability is draining kiss. The fiend kisses a target charmed by it or a willing creature. The target must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw against its magic. Uh, taking uh, 5d10 plus 5 psychic damage oh. on a failed save, half as much damage on a successful one. The target's hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. This reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. The target dies if this effect reduces its hit point maximum to zero. So no save scenario. So no save scenario. If it reduces you to zero, you're dead. <laughs> if you stab yourself yeah, and then they um, want to kiss it and make it better, say no. Yeah, there's a. I'm no spoilers, but there's an acquisitions uh, incorporated where they come across a succubus and uh, some things happen, and it's really, really entertaining. I Moving on. I love those guys. This is like that scene in Ghostbusters. Um, Never mind. Keep, okay. keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> last, uh, last ability: etherealness. The fiend magically enters the ethereal plane from the material plane, and vice versa. And they could just do that whenever they want. Sick. So it's a pretty cool monster. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think it's a nice like mid campaign. Maybe not boss, but like mid-campaign villain or sub-villain. You know, I, it's it's rare that the succubi is going to be your main villain. Although that's possible too, and that's kind of cool. Especially what? if you do something like the Demon Lord Malconfet. Um Why is Farmer Dan burning all his crops? <laughs> Poor so Farmer fucking, Dan. It's because he's getting... He never stood a chance. Straight seduced. Straight seduced. <laughs> okay. The town needs to eat. Farmer Dan, stop. I can't. My sexy ghost person wants me to burn all these crops. <laughs> I failed my save. I said, are you sure? And I, I couldn't fucking do it. I failed my save. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to get ready for long rest. <laughs> okay. Um, we do lots of projects on the Dungeon Cast that eat up all of our time. And we want to we share them all with you. Indeed. So the first one we're going to talk about is TDC Plays, the channel, the YouTube channel, where we here at the Dungeon Cast play some video games, and we have a good time. And if you want to join us in that good time, check out the link below. Right now, I think we're in the middle of a playthrough of uh, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD on the Wii U, and I believe there's a Mega Man X playthrough going Catch on right Brian's now. Catch Brian's five-minute Mega Man X episodes where he doesn't know how to record frame rates correctly, so you can't see my cool tornado <laughs> power, but believe me, it's there. The it's, robots do still blow up. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Um, we also we play uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate every Sunday. It's and fucking I swear hilarious. We're, it's very funny, but we're also getting a lot better at it. Um, and uh, well, yeah. we got some more games coming down the pipeline. So if you're interested in any of that, please click the link below. Please subscribe and, and check it out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, Brian, you want to tell them about Super Quest Saga? I do. It's a it's a Dungeons and Dragons live play podcast in space, and it's fucking awesome. It's true. I'm a dude. Um, thank you to. I know you guys have probably been hearing all, all of our bubble laser ads, and that's because we're like doing a collaboration mashup. Um, 
I really love her style. We we do on the Dungeon Cast, and mm-hmm. she's got uh, some some real dope hands doing real dope artwork uh, for Indeed. our characters on Super Quest Saga. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be posting those pretty soon, um, if not already. So thanks a lot to her. Um, but back to Super Quest Saga, <laughs> Dungeon Dragons in Space. It's me uh, being a player with Jake and Freeland, who are mm-hmm. regulars on the show. Mm-hmm. And of course, Will is the dungeon master. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just uh, applying all of the dungeon cast know-how in the show. Uh, I would really check it out. It's it's really well-reviewed so far. Yeah, the it's, fans I seem mean, to be really enjoying it. I'm having um, a blast. I think one of the, the best compliments I keep seeing is a lot of people saying, like, oh, I'm not normally into, like, futuristic settings, but... This one's different. I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, oh, that makes me feel really good because yeah, it's a Will's home like home, home brewing machine up in here, <laughs> and it's it's been really really awesome. It feels like it feels real, you know, when you're playing it. The setting doesn't seem like off kilter or anything. It yeah. sets perfectly with D and D. It doesn't 5e, feel so. scaffolded together by duct tape. No, no, because <laughs> it is. It's not. No. It, it's very. No, it's co- not. It's actually pretty. It's well very cohesive. Out. There's a lot of cool world building. Um, oh, thank you. We're running a contest alongside that, so basically we want to share Super Quest Saga. Um, with lots of other people, we just want to spread the word. So if you guys, Indeed. that's our main way to tell people about the show. Um, if you guys could just tell people about the Dungeon Cast, tell people about Super Quest Saga, that helps us so much. If you leave like an iTunes review, it's like telling anybody that goes to check it out that it is like worthy of their listen. So everybody that's ever done that, thank you guys so much. Um, a lot of you step up to do the, that sort of thing for us. It really, truly does help us out more than anything else. Right. And to talk about the contest really quick, what we are giving away is a copy of the upcoming book, Descent into Avernus, which is a adventure module for 5e and d where uh, apparently... So Forgotten Realms characters are headed to the Nine Hell. So a lot of people are expecting a lot of juicy lore and monsters out of that. I'm excited for it. And if you want to win that book, all you got to do is share a link to a SuperQuest Saga episode uh, with the hashtag SuperQuest and let us know about it. Either share it on Twitter or if you're going to do it on Facebook or some other social media, go ahead and send us a screenshot to thejudgecast.gmail.com. We'll enter you into the contest and we are drawing the winner on September 1st. Yeah. So yeah. That being said, I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.